0: A huge screen takes up the wall in front of me. It seems like I've been transported into some sort of video game world. Different shapes are moving in front of me and it feels like I'm immersed in them. I recognize the dripping of water. Grass moving gently in the wind. A rock-like structure with crevices filled with something unidentifiable. As I'm stepping closer to the screen, I have to stop. Because right in front of me, there seems to be a mirror on the floor. At closer inspection, it seems to slowly move, and I realize it's water. Looking back, everyone seems to be in some sort of trance, looking at the beautifully strange worlds. But is it art? Let's go around and ask some visitors. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. It was really nice to see like the transitions and stuff in the water. So that was like, yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, I would think so too, yes. Uh, And apart from it being aesthetic, it was really beautiful, all the movements. It also gave me a very calm feeling, it was really soothing.
0: It's both here in an unusual way, you know, comparing to other exhibitions. So yeah, it's definitely some sort of art, especially modern art. Welcome to the third episode of But Is It Art, a podcast by Next Museum in Amsterdam, the home of new media art at the intersection of art, science, sound and tech. In this first season, we're exploring the artworks from our inaugural exhibition Shifting Proximities, trying to answer the never-ending question, but is it art? This episode, we focus on Habitat, by Helene Blanke.
1: Welcome at The Hope. Uh, it's a kind of, a, yeah, how do you call it, Brugplaats, um community workshop, I guess, um, in Zendom. And this is where my uh, studio is situated.
0: I'm with Helene Blanke, the artist who created Habitat. She's showing me around in the community workshop where she has her studio.
1: Um, it's I think it's like 1,600 square meters with uh, 150 different um, Artists, uh, welders, um, there's somebody who's doing robotics, ceramics, everything. Um, and uh, it's an amazing place. And I think uh, what, what is so wonderful uh, about this place is that everybody is collaborating, everybody is kind of um, uh, working together and yeah, making something
0: really beautiful. All the studios in the huge space look very different. Helene's, for example, is pretty dark and it feels almost like a warehouse. Others keep it bright and airy. There are tons of noises and smells coming from the studios.
1: Yeah, there are, there are different people, there are different welders, there are a lot of uh, uh, wood workshops here as well. Um, uh, I work together with uh, people that do ceramics, and um, yeah, it, I, I mean, I think it broadens the horizon of your own practice, so to say.
0: We go and sit down in an empty meeting room and you definitely know that it's empty by the sound
1: I think my 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 work is deeply influenced by the uh, yeah sub- assumed separation between humanity and their natural wor- habitat actually their natural world I mean the work I do is, is somehow the need to investigate my own role role in this natural world and uh, and what the natural world actually is um, and that way Yeah, maybe have difficulties dealing with this wildness of nature uh, because uh, we question constantly uh, if we are part of it or not.
0: And there she already dropped the word, habitat. The title of the artwork I was describing at the beginning. The official definition is the natural home or environment of an animal, plant or other organism. But how does Helene define the artwork habitat?
1: Well, um, I think um, habitat is, um, it's, it sets a uh, stage for, for different environments. And those environments are kind of hinting uh, to a future uh, depiction of what could be.
0: Those different environments refer to different habitats. For example, there is a world that seems to be underwater, meaning it can be the habitat of corals, fish or other sea creatures. Another habitat could be a luscious green forest, home to mossy rocks, insects, and a multitude of plants.
1: So um, Habitat uses uh, 3D scans of the Natural History Museum. And we worked there for a week um, uh, with the archival uh, uh, director there. It was really amazing. Um, And uh, we scanned those objects and... um, implemented this in uh, a newly written software made by Naivi. I mean they, they create kind of some, some magic. <laughs> Everything is possible within this framework. Um, uh, so yeah we, we, we kind of uh, scanned all these stones and sediments and, um, and we transformed those uh, uh, into this kind of super meditative game-like experience so to
0: say. The worlds that we delve into when standing in front of the huge screen are not entirely made up; they are actual natural objects that are digitized and transformed into these game-like worlds. But that isn't really obvious at first glance, uh,
1: because there's there's so much uh, beauty and 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 in this construct of these uh, natural uh, specimens, um, and I I think I wanted to kind of push this to an abstraction that you did not recognize that it was a coral or kind of uh, the things you know uh, because you don't really see them Uh, you see them three times in the work i think Um, but as a specimen it's not really recognizable it could be a stone it could be a a bone uh, it could be something uh, what is from from coral reefs um, so it is more about this abstraction of how nature is built up um, and see if we can kind of use this as a, um, as a mold for, for, for an experience that actually comes really close to, to, to being in nature.
0: So that's what Habitat is about. Getting us close to being in nature through digital art. This closeness or proximity to nature is something Helene is interested in in all of our practice. Like she said in the beginning, her practice not only involves a vision of nature, but it also investigates her role within that nature. By doing so, she also wants to place you, the visitor, in a similar position.
1: At first, I think it was important to, to uh, position the spectator as a, as a spectator. Uh, to, to, kind of to, to position the, the, the viewer as a spectator of the spectacle, so to say. Um, we uh, have, uh, for instance, implemented uh, rangefinder sensors, um, and they also kind of uh, investigate a sociological purpose, um, because most of the times when you have a data-driven installation, um, you give really a lot of control to the, to the viewer, um, and it, it, it almost becomes an act uh, this kind of uh, uh, interacting with the with with the work and I feel that you lose somehow control about experience the, the work and I think as we we implemented this range finer sensors and um, um, habitat really plays with this control the, the sensors do not immediately react to the to the to the spectator but it reacts through delays and um, most of the uh, persons standing in the work don't really know exactly if they're changing the work, but they are. Um, I mean, it's it's complete, completely generated. So every time they, they touch something, uh, it will happen in sound and in, in, in visuals. Um, but they don't know because they don't know the work. Uh, so that's, that's, I think, really interesting. Um, and the result was that for instance, one interaction of one person could have a different outcome for the next. Or or you could doubt if it if, it, if it was embedded in a work or a result of your actions, I'd say. Um, and this uh, interaction is really symbolic uh, of how humanity interacts with nature. Um, and, uh, you know, it always works with delays. You have to kind of think through your actions.
0: going into the streets, and we must keep demanding our leaders to take real climate action. You're hearing Greta Thunberg, one of the most influential people in bringing attention to climate change. Protesters and activists all over the world are vouching for a deduction of fossil fuels and CO2 emissions. And it's a topic that's on every politician's lips. Many artists also incorporate the topic of climate change in their work today. At next museum alone, there are two artworks dedicated to showing us how we should get closer to nature and not only look at the technicalities of how much CO2 emission we should reduce. Habitat is one of them.
1: For me, it is this. It has this uh, extreme duality in it. It is, I'm, I'm striving for for uh, being hopeful towards the future and that everything will be okay and. You know, that we are working with technology and and, and nature together and that we achieve some kind of super-civilization. But um, it is also really about what we have lost and uh, and maybe even a a future hint towards... um, that this kind of um, digital experience uh, will be the only way of experiencing nature again.
0: But where does this fascination with the symbiosis come from?
1: I, I read a lot of books about this kind of achieve, trying to achieve this symbiosis. And they're all, uh, I mean, they're not all, but but some of them are really powerfully positive. I, I feel like that we need hope to achieve this future
0: And not only books give us a hopeful message for this symbiosis. There are plenty of documentaries, talks and presentations on the subject. The idea many people are proclaiming is that we lost touch with nature. Or maybe even worse, we disregard nature because we feel like we're not part of it anymore. Even though biologically we're just as much an animal as a butterfly or an orangutan, we consider ourselves superior. And Habitat tries to reinforce this connection by sucking us in to nature again. You might have come across the word Anthropocene here and there. If you're not familiar with it, it signifies a new era we're living in, after the Holocene. Everything that's happening in the natural world has become so much influenced by humans that we've entered a new epoch, the epoch of the Anthropocene, referring to the Greek word for human. The last time we entered a new era like this was after an ice age, so it really signifies a drastic shift in the way the world operates. No wonder so many artists are inspired by this topic. It even initiated new art movements.
1: Yeah, you have, for instance, this this new movement, or it's not new, but uh, it's uh, it's called uh, solar punk, and it's really this kind of uh, utopian view of complete symbiosis with with humanity and 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 the natural world. and um, this is not, I think, what I want to achieve um, because I think there, there are some problems with it. I, I think it, it lacks realism because we are us <laughs> and we live in a world that, that is not beneficial for this idea. Uh, so we're not there yet. And I think Habitat has a looming, it is a little bit dystopian view in it as well. And I think, I mean, this is what what nature is as well. It is not only good or bad, it it just is. And it has this both sides in it. So I think Habitat is not only uh, a positive worldview. It's it's really about this kind of uh, setting a stage for people to reflect on where they are at the moment with the world.
0: Helene already mentioned it briefly, but Habitat uses 3D scans of objects from Naturalis, the Museum of Natural Science in Leiden, a city in the Netherlands. By doing so, she really combined physical or material elements with digital elements. And this duality was apparent in more than just the scans.
1: For instance, the the water in the room, I wanted to create a a barrier between the spectator and the work, and it had to be a natural barrier somehow. So I think the the body of water in the the room, um, although it's quite small, but it does something, uh, because it moves a little bit and it gives this kind of natural but also artificial feel to it and uh, i think we we had uh, in the beginning we had this uh, even more amplified because i uh, put living microbes in the wa- in the water so it became this kind of complete void dark water and you didn't you couldn't see the depths of it and i thought it was a great idea <laughs> but <laughs> Then persons fell in it and created problems for the screen and yeah, we decided to take it out. Uh, but I, I really like to play with this uh, uh, yeah, natural uh, barrier, so to say.
0: And not only the visuals and the physical elements in the room have a link to natural objects. So does the sound.
1: The music is made by um, Stein van Weeg and he He's a great artist, and, and he really understood kind of the nature of the work. We were in the studio for multiple days, and he had built all these tools, actually, to stretch uh, sounds. So a lot of sounds uh, that are in the work are from a natural origin. And, uh, for instance, we had, like, uh, two stones, and we put them together, and Stein uh make like stretch this sound uh, to a three-minute song and the symphony what comes out of it is insanely beautiful i think
0: then there's also the question of actually archiving the objects what if the habitats of the objects actually die out what if there will be no more reefs for corals or steps for grasses to live in can this digitization help us to actually experience that part of nature again so I went to Naturales to see the objects Helene used in Habitat. Welcome to Naturalis, where I am right now. I'm walking in the hallway on the stairs. It's a very beautiful building and there's tons and tons and tons of material to look at. I was just at the reception desk and they told me their archive has 42 million artifacts. Of course, not all of them are huge taxidermied whales or whatever there can be small stones, corals and I'm just going to check it out and I'm going to take you with me to see what we can see and maybe what we can recognize from Habitat as well Now I'm in a little section with only like these beautiful crystals and it's really mesmerizing to see people are really looking very closely at them. There's a bunch of varieties. There's some huge white crystals that I'm seeing right now. And um, if I'm looking on my right, there's some like pinkish crystals which almost look like salt crystals that people turn into lamps. Just beautiful to see how all these people are completely mesmerized by the beauty of it. I think one of the interesting things is that the way that everything is presented it kind of is like we're the spectator again we're looking at animals we're looking at corals we're looking at stones but we're not really part of it even though we're immersed in it I think what is the difference in um, just showing archival objects in in their natural way in their material way we get to know about the objects and we get to see the object but we don't get to know what our impact on it is and I think this is where Habitat comes in and it really can show us in a way that is of course more artistic but um, that shows our impact so maybe that's where the potential of digitization of the archival object lies that it can show us something more than just the object that it can show us how we relate to that object and how we can have an impact on that object This was the third episode of But Is It Art? a podcast by me, Victor van der Velde, for Next Museum. Make sure not to miss the next episode, where we will move from Earth to space, and we will be diving into a black hole. In the meantime, come and visit us. We're a new media art museum in the Netherlands, seeking, showing, and questioning what's next. See you there.